Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Well, good morning, everybody. We're, we are excited to have you here on Baptism Sunday. It's going to be a great Sunday. Hey, before I jump into a sermon and we begin to dive into God's word and unpack it and begin to hear what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, I just want to give honor where honors due. My mom is in town this week, y'all. And Mama Reese is amazing and she's wonderful. She's a wonderful Nana. But any hey, parents, parents out there, raise your hands if you're a parent. Okay, moms especially, look at me. There's nothing like a praying mama. There's nothing like a praying mama. And I know my mom has prayed for me, my brother, ever since we were younger. And she prayed and prayed us through. I was the good kid. He was the bad kid. Okay, let's just make that very clear. Um, But mom, thank you. I honor you today. And we love you. So thank you. Thank you. It's not Mother's Day. I just wanted to do that. Okay, so I want to give honor where honor is due. But today, I believe... We've seen it in the past services. I believe today the Holy Spirit wants to do something. I really believe he wants to mark your life this morning if we allow him to do it. Because we've been journeying along. Pastor Jacob last week had an amazing message. If you missed it, please go back on our website. Go back on YouTube and watch it and listen to it. It is amazing. And he talked about how to get out of a cycle. And not keeping going a cycle, but having it be a season. Because there's a difference in the two. And we're in our summer of wisdom. And we all want to gain wisdom. And over these next few weeks, over the summer, we're going to unpack in different realms how to gain wisdom and what that really looks like. Now, this morning, by show of hands, how many want wisdom this morning? Okay. Put it down. How many want to be obedient to God's word then? Because they go hand in hand. Pastor Jacob said something last week that I want to remind you about. He said, wisdom is hearing God's word and applying it to our lives. Wisdom isn't just, I get it. Wisdom is, I did it. I did it. And today, you're going to have the opportunity to say, I did it. Through water baptism. It's a great opportunity. Many of you walked in this morning, and if you walked from this parking lot over on this side, you were wondering, are we having a pool party this morning, or what? Why is there a pool in the front? And because in just a moment, at the end of this message, we're believing the Holy Spirit is going to do something to prompt you, listen to me, to take a next step and to be water baptized. To say, I'm here, I'm ready, I'm willing, what do you need me to do, God? Notice I didn't say Pastor Chris or OSC. I said, what do you need me to do, God? And today, look at me. Today can watermark your life. That's a pun too, just so you know. It can watermark your life moving forward saying today, I'm not just saying I hear it, but I'm doing it. I'm doing it. So you're gonna have the opportunity to get water baptized today. But first, I think there's some confusion around water baptism. No matter how you were raised, some of us were raised Catholic or Baptist or Protestant or whatever you were, maybe you weren't raised in a church at all, water baptism can be confusing at times. Matter of fact, there's a story about a, a little church um, that was having a Sunday baptismal service down by the river. And the preacher goes down to the river and a kind of a drunk man wandering along the river stumbles in and he stands in the water right by the preacher 
And the preacher looks at him and he says, mister, are you ready to find Jesus? And the drunk man said, well, yes, preacher, I sure am. And the minister then dunked the fellow underwater and pulled him right back up. And he asked him the question, have you found Jesus? The preacher, preacher asked. And he said, no, I didn't, says the man. And the preacher then dunks him underwater for quite a bit longer and brings him up and says, now, brother, have you found Jesus? No, preacher, I did not. And the preacher in disgust looks at the man. He holds him under this time for at least 30 seconds or longer, pulls him out of the water and says in a harsh tone, now, friend, are you sure you haven't found Jesus yet? And the drunk man wipes his eyes, looks at the preacher and says, are you sure this is where he fell in? (laughs) Hopefully you got that message, right? (laughs) Look at me. Jesus isn't in the water this morning. You're not going to find Jesus in the water. That's not where you find Jesus at. You don't go, I'm going to get water baptized and then I'm going to be saved. No, that's not how this works. You don't find Jesus in the water. That's not what it's about. You are not born again and saved through water baptism. I'm going to say it again and I'm going to show it to you in scripture over and over and over again. I don't know how you were raised or what you were raised to believe. Well, as long as I got sprinkled, cleansed, dunked, maybe my my toe was in the water, but whatever it is, that doesn't mean, listen to me, that you were saved. However, I do believe water baptism doesn't save, but I do believe it separates. Let me show you in a second. I do believe it separates. I love what Max Lucado says. He says, baptism separates the tire kickers from the car buyers. (laughs) We call them those who are casual Christians and those who really want to get serious with their faith. Both are going to heaven. Both love Jesus. One's just ready to go all in and the other one's going, "Uh, I just want to kind of be a Sunday Christian. I just want to kind of come on Sunday and that's kind of it. Well, let me ask you in your marriage, if you were just married on one day a week, how would that relationship work out? Men, not very good. And so it really separates. Water baptism separates those that say, I want to get serious with this because water baptism is the second step of your faith. It is the next step of your faith. It's not the first step, but it is the next step, and it's a serious step. So, Pastor Chris, my question to you, Pastor Chris, is then what is water baptism really all about? Well, this morning, I want to help you. We're going to talk briefly just over four aspects of water baptism, and my hope to you, listen to me, my hope to you this morning is not that I would convince you to do anything, but that the Holy Spirit would speak to your heart and move you to take a step. For some of you, you've already taken this step and that's great, but I don't want you to tune out because the Lord could be talking to you in other ways. So this morning, I just want you to receive really what water baptism is all about. And I'm gonna give you four aspects and then we're gonna close this morning. Number one, scripturally, scripturally, write this down. It's not a suggestion, it's a biblical command. It's not a suggestion, maybe, question mark. It's a biblical command, Why is that, Pastor Chris? Because water baptism is Jesus's idea. It's not 
my idea, Pastor Jacob, Pastor David, or OSC's idea. It's not like him and Miss Michelle got together 20 years ago before planting our Savior's church and all of a sudden just said, what can we do that can really kind of confuse people? What can we do to get them wet, get their hair messed up, make it really inconvenient? And then what we can do to like show that they're different. Let's do this dunk them under a water. Like it doesn't even make sense, right? When you think about it, you're going, this can't be anyone's idea because it's crazy. It's Jesus's idea. It is scriptural. Matter of fact, it's so much Jesus's idea that he gave it as one of the last commands in the Great Commission to his disciples. Here's what he said, Matthew 28. We've read this before. Now, wherever you go, make disciples of all the nations, comma. It means stop there. Make disciples. Spread the good news. It means walk with people who don't know Jesus so they can learn more about Jesus. And then it says this, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them to faithfully follow all that I've commanded you and never forget that I'm with you every day, even to the completion of this age. In fact, Jesus connects, listen to this, water baptism to discipleship. He connects water baptism to what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, a learner, a follower of Jesus. And here's what a disciple is for you who are like, man, I don't even know what that word means, Pastor. It means just someone who's willing to take their next step, whatever Jesus, wherever Jesus stepped, you're stepping right there. Was Jesus baptized? Yep, Matthew chapter three. Okay, I'm gonna be baptized. Did Jesus pray for people? I'm gonna pray for people. Did Jesus love people? He loved people. Did Jesus love people who spit on him and hate him and who look different than him? Absolutely. Well, then I'm going to do that very thing. You see, that's what a disciple is. Someone who's willing to take their next step because water baptism, look at the screen, is done after being converted. Please don't miss this. It's after I say yes to Jesus. Actually, in Acts chapter 2, Peter says this as he's preaching in the Pentecost and the Holy Spirit falls. It says, and Peter said to them, he said to the crowd, he said, repent. What does that mean? It means change your old way of thinking. Turn from your sinful ways. Accept and follow Jesus as Messiah. First, and then be water baptized. Each of you in the name of Jesus Christ because of the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's always been the next step, not the first step. I'm gonna say that again. It's always been the next step, not the first step. We see it again in Acts chapter eight where we see Philip the evangelist. If you've read Acts chapter eight, it's really all about the, the first, excuse me, all Acts, book of Acts is all about how the church was planted after Jesus died and was resurrected, sent the Holy Spirit down, and then the church flourished. The Holy Spirit moved in an amazing way. And in Acts chapter eight, we see this guy by the name of Philip, who dis, who's a disciple of Jesus. And he sees this Ethiopian eunuch reading God's word. And the Holy Spirit tells Philip, go and speak to this man. And he runs up to him and he hears that he's reading in the spot in Isaiah where it talks about Jesus, but he didn't know it was about Jesus. And Philip got up there and he began reading and explaining what it was about, that it was about Jesus, that you had to understand what it meant to believe in him and to be baptized. And here's how it ended for that Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter eight. It says, as they rode along, 
They came to a small body of water and the eunuch said, look, water is such a good question. Why can't I be baptized? And Philip answered, you can, if you believe with all your heart. And the eunuch replied, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And he stopped the chariot and they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. It was because he believed, listen to me, he believed and repented that he was able to be baptized. And that's why it's so crucial for us to understand belief and repentance must happen first because the water doesn't do anything. You notice that, you know, it doesn't say that the water is the way, the truth, the life. It says that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. We come to him first. The water comes second. And we begin to switch those sometimes because we think that, man, if I go down, it's gonna cleanse me of my sins from last night. I wish that was true. We'd all take a bath and we'd be good, right? And that's not the case. It doesn't work like that because if you're, if you're a dry sinner who hasn't be- believed or repented, watch this, before going down in the water, guess what? When you come up, you're just gonna be a wet sinner. That's all you're gonna be. <laughs> That's all that happens because belief and repentance must happen first. I, I, I had such a, a great mom. I had great parents and, and they, I was raised Catholic and I know many come from a different background and some are, some are raised Catholic here and you can kind of side with me that I was christened as a young baby and there was nothing wrong with that. It was a great celebration that my family had and we celebrated it. But there was a time, listen to me, and all, some of us need to look at me. There's a time when, when I was 24 years old that I could repent and believe and be baptized. Look at me. At two years old or even two months old, you can't repent or believe. It doesn't work like that. Trust me, I have five kids under the age of nine. No one repents, okay? They don't repent. I promise you that. Think about it for a second. This is the reason at Our Savior's Church, we believe that we want to dedicate and bless babies. We don't baptize them. Why? Because baptism is reserved for those who can believe and repent, meaning there's a cognitive intelligence that must happen in order for you to believe and repent and say, yes, I want to be water baptized. All that does is put a safeguard, not on, not on what we do, but a safeguard on what it is they are deciding to do. At 24 years old, I had to decide that I wanted to be baptized. No one made that decision for me, but I had to repent and believe then I could be baptized. It's what it takes. It's what scripture says because it's always repent, believe, then be baptized. There's nothing wrong with christening. There's nothing wrong with dedication. Those are amazing things, but we're not talking about the same things. We're talking about water baptism the way the scripture tells us what it is. It's repent, believe, then be baptized. Now, Pastor Chris, do I have to be water baptized? No. It's an easy answer, but it's way more complicated than that. Because water baptism may not be necessary for salvation, but look at me, it is necessary to walk further with Jesus. It's just the next step. My question wouldn't be, do I have to? My question would be, why wouldn't you if you're a Christ follower? And so scripturally, water baptism is 
after we are born again, after we are saved. It's not so that we can be saved. Does that make sense? Am I making sense this morning? I want to make sure you're tracking scripturally. Number two, write this down. Historically, what is water baptism? It's going public with your faith. How many of you took showers this morning? Okay, turn to your neighbor, smell them. I'm kidding, don't do that, right. You took shower, bath, you washed your hands, you brushed your teeth, whatever it was. We have the luxury of running water, don't we? We're very blessed in this country to be able to do that. Well, in the first century, when you look at water baptism, they didn't have running water where they could just turn it on in their house. All life happened down by the river. I know it sounds cliche, but it did. All life happened down by the river where they would feed their animals. They would get drinking water. They would wash their clothes and dishes. And even they would baptize. And baptism in the first century was very public. Why? Because it was. They didn't mean to. It just was very public because it was down by the body of water which everyone was around. And so what it did is it showed others that they belonged to that group. I'll, I'll, I'll say it this way. It was like somebody was washing their dishes down by the river and somebody's feeding their animals and they're looking down at all the commotion and they're seeing somebody get baptized. And here's what they would probably say. Oh, they're one of those Christians now. Because it's a public declaration to show everyone who you are following. It's a public declaration to show everyone who you are following. Everybody up here who got baptized, these 20 brave individuals, bold individuals, all wanted to let everyone know here that they followed Jesus. Not that they were perfect. Not that they were without sin, holy and righteous, right? It wasn't like that. It's they wanted to show everybody that they wanted to follow Jesus. I'm following Jesus with everything. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm excited about football season happening in the fall. Come on, somebody. It's going to be great. We're excited. Okay. And, and, and one thing about the fall that is, uh, I understand, but I still think is a little strange, is grown men wearing grown men's jerseys. It's just strange to me still. But they, we do that. And we love wearing our Saints LSU UL gear, don't we? We love wearing like Drew Brees. Hey, I don't care if he's retired. He's still number one, you know. And we still hoot at. And you scream it in restaurants and, and grocery stores. And you have random strangers scream it back, right? And it's crazy how it links us all together. But also when you put on a jersey or a cap or socks or whatever it is that sports your team, you're showing who your loyalty is to. You want to make sure everyone knows I'm a Huda, I'm part of the Huda Nation. You want everyone to know that, hey, I'm going to walk into church with my saint stuff on. And you are welcome to do that. Anything else, you're going to be kicked out from the church. We know that. <laughs> Just going to admit it right now. Just kidding. We welcome everybody into our turn. <laughs> but think about it for a second. And no one's embarrassed. You wear it to work at times. Your boss is like, great outfit. I'm like, really? That's what you wear to work? A jersey? Yeah. Other things, it's just funny to me. We're not embarrassed at all. We're very proud. We're repping our teams. We're making sure that everyone sees that, guess what? I am following this team. Here's where my loyalty lies. And no one is embarrassed of it. What baptism says is I'm not embarrassed to tell people that I follow Jesus now. It's saying I'm not embarrassed. And some of you go, well, Pastor, I just have anxiety around a lot of people. Hey, I understand that. Trust me, I, I get it. 
I don't like big crowds either, I promise you. But there's something about, watch this, dying to myself and pushing up Jesus that does something to me. Does something to me. Because it's not about me in there anymore. It's about Jesus. And how can I make sure people know that I follow Jesus? Because if, I'm very, if we're very honest with ourselves this morning, some of us in here, and let's just be honest, some of us are embarrassed to represent Jesus. Some of us are embarrassed to even say we're Christians. And that's not, I'm not throwing shade at you. I'm, there's no condemnation there. I'm just being real. Some of us are embarrassed. I'm not saying you have to be on a pulpit or a soapbox preaching. That's not what I'm saying, but we're embarrassed. And Jesus made it very clear. In Mark chapter eight, here's what he said. He said, if you are embarrassed of me, I love the message version, if you're over over me and the way that I'm leading you, when you're around your fickle and unfocused friends, come on, know that you'll be an even greater embarrassment to the son of man when he arrives in all the splendor of God, God, his father, with an army of the holy angels. That's not meant to be condemning. That's meant to say, let's make sure that we're representing Jesus, not in perfection, but in direction. Let's make sure we're representing Jesus by the way we take our steps, by the way that we talk, by the way that we walk. We want to make sure that everything we do in water baptism is a great way to say, I'm going public. I want everybody to know that I follow Jesus. I'm not perfect, but the God inside of me is perfect. And that's what we do. We tell everyone that I'm a follower of Jesus. But that's historically. Number three, symbolically. Symbolically, water baptism is a symbol of your faith. Let me show you what I mean. A symbol represents something. Am I right? You're like, duh. (laughs) A symbol is not the actual thing that it represents. Correct? You following me? A symbol represents something. It's not the actual thing. Watch this. Like the cross. Some of you have crucifix or a cross. It's a symbol of what Jesus did. It's not the actual thing that Jesus did, right? It's not the actual thing. This is the actual cross that Jesus was slain on right here. That's not what it is. It represents something more. Now, if you're married in here, when you got married, you probably put on one of these things, a wedding band, a ring. And hopefully that whoever was the minister that was officiating your wedding said these words, with this ring, I thee wed. I've said it a million times. 14 years ago, I said those same words with my beautiful bride. And we put these weird rings on our finger that all of a sudden, when we put them on, we were magically married. All our problems were fixed. It was amazing. But every time I go to bed and I take it off, problems arise and we're not married anymore. How many know that's not really how it works? Sometimes I'm forgetful and I'll leave my ring at home on the bedside or wherever. She'll take a picture of it. She did this one time and said, you're not married today. You know, I was like, ah, we know that's not true. That's why we're laughing. Why? Because the ring doesn't make me married or unmarried, but it is a symbol of our marriage, isn't it? It represents the covenant that I took before God, family, and friends 14 years ago that says, I'm going to love you and be with you forever. 
and I'm not going back on it. And it's a symbol that reminds me every day that I married my best friend and my one and only love. You see, water baptism, listen to me, is a symbol of what you experienced in Jesus when you accepted him as Lord and Savior. And the crazy thing is, being baptized doesn't make me a Christian any more than my, than my ring makes me married. So when we look at it this way, we're going, oh, oh, wow. So it's not about the water, Pastor Chris. Nope. You guys can go up there and take a sample of that water and test it all you want. It's good old Louisiana swamp water right up there, okay? We all bathe in it. We shower in it. It is good old Louisiana swamp water. We know it to be true. There's nothing special about the water. Some people go to Israel, and it's amazing. They go down to the Jordan River where Jesus was baptized, and they begin to go like, I'm going to get baptized. And you have to pay in order to get baptized. It's so weird in, in that river. So they go and they pray. And all the pictures that I've seen, I've never been, all the pictures that I've seen, it's dirty, muddy. It looks like a ice cream float right down there. It's disgusting. And I'm like, that water's holy? Are you sure that's holy water, right? It's not about the water. Whether you were baptized in a pool, in a church, you were baptized at a neighbor's house, in a bathtub, whatever you were baptized, or in the Jordan River where Jesus was baptized, it's not about the water. It's about the symbol of what it represents. There's no magic water. And it represents our love, our loyalty, our faithfulness to Jesus. It is a symbol that the old is gone and the new has come. And listen to me, to make baptism any more than a symbol is dangerous. Because then we begin worshiping that symbol. It's like worshiping our wedding band. We miss what the symbol, the power of the symbol and not the symbol itself. We miss what it represents. We miss what it's all about. So Pastor Chris, what's the symbol of water baptism? Then? Let me explain it to you this way. It's a symbol of death, burial, and resurrection. You heard Pastor David talk about it briefly. Here's what Colossians 2, here's what Paul says in, to, the, to the church at, at Colossae. He says this, for in baptism... You see how your old evil nature died with him, that's Jesus, and was buried with him. And then you came up out of death with him into a new life because you trusted the word of the mighty God who raised Christ from the dead. It symbolizes that the old is gone, the new has come. I am no longer the same person. Well, Pastor Chris, I just don't want to be, I don't want to be fake. I don't want to like, say I'm a different person, but I know I'm not. Look at me. You're, you're not fooling anyone, okay? No one thinks you're perfect and no one cares if you think you're perfect. It's not about being perfect on the outside. It's knowing that I have a perfect God who has cleansed me on the inside. And all you're doing is revealing that in water baptism, that the old way is gone and now I'm coming up. I'm gonna be a new creation in Christ Jesus to walk a new way. And I want people to know that I'm gonna walk that way. It is a symbol that you're not the same person any longer. It's a symbol. Number four, and we're gonna close right here, and then we're gonna challenge. Practically speaking, it's the next step of obedience in your faith. Practically speaking, it's the next step of obedience. If you're asking the question, and look at me here, if you're asking the question, Pastor Chris, do I have to 
because I've blank? Well, Pastor Chris, do I have to because I, or do, do I have to if those are your words? Look at me right here. You're making an obedient step a required step and you need to stop. This step is not required. It's a step of obedience to say, God, I trust you in each and every single day. Each and every single day, we have the opportunity to step out in obedience. If you think this is about heaven and hell, you're wrong. If you think this is about eternity, you're wrong. This is a challenge to take the second step. This is an obedience challenge. And I'm gonna close right here. I'm gonna need keys right now to come up. I'm gonna share my baptism story with you. Some people are just like, oh, you just get baptized, right? Yes, but I'm just gonna be, can I be real with you guys for a moment? Because that challenge, that obedience challenge, it was a challenge to me. In August of 2001, I was born again in my car, saved in my car. It wasn't in a church. It wasn't at an altar. I wish it was, but God had a unique plan for my life. And he said, in the car, I came to the end of myself And when I come to the end of myself, I only found Jesus. And all I can say now is the presence of God was in that car and I just surrendered my whole life and just said, I don't want to do me anymore. I want to do you, Jesus. I want you. Now, I wish I could have been baptized right there and came up out of the water and it would have been wonderful and amazing, but I didn't have that opportunity. And so I began walking with Jesus, not in perfection and in direction, I had mentors and people disciple me in my life. I began to go to college and I I got involved with Fellowship of Christian Athletes and was leading in ministry and doing different things. All the while, I was not baptized. But I was helping and I was helping lead people to the Lord and do different things on our team, becoming a leader. And six years after I was born again and saved, in October of 2007, I'm with the saints. Michelle and I just got married and I was with the saints and it was during the season and we had uh, weekly Bible studies and I would go to the, we would go to the weekly Bible study and we had a team chaplain and he would share something and be a group of us guys and wives there. And we had a great opportunity where we just got to know the Lord, got to know each other and we're there. And I just kept stuffing down this water baptism thing because can I just, I'm gonna reveal my pride to you guys. I felt like I was past that step. I'm a Christian. Six years in, I don't need to go backwards, right? You want to know what I thought? I thought getting water baptized after this far, after I was born again, after I was saved, I thought that I would look like an immature Christian. And I didn't want anyone to think I was an immature Christian. (laughs) You want to know what held me back? Pride. I worried more about what others thought than what Jesus thought. I didn't want people to look at me in a way where I'm not a believer. I'm just, I'm not a baby Christian. I'm a mature Christian. If you have to say you're a mature Christian, you're probably not a mature Christian. I was there. In October of 2007, we started talking about water baptism and our chaplain started bringing it up and I just kept pushing it down, pushing it down. And and I went up to him afterwards and I said, hey, Tim, 
Like, I don't know about this water baptism thing. I was like, I was born again in like 2001. It's like six years ago. And so I'm kind of like past that. I just, I don't know. He, he, could, he could sense my pride, but he was so delicate with me too. He didn't want to rebuke me right away. And he looked at me, and I'll never forget. Big old guy who used to play in the NFL. And he looked at me, he said, Chris, what's holding you back? And it was like the Holy Spirit reached in exposed my heart and said, there it is. Deal with it. Deal with it. It had nothing to do with water baptism and everything to do with my pride that I thought I was better than I was. I'm doing good. I'm okay. That whole week, I don't even remember who he played, but it didn't matter because I was more focused on like, this water baptism thing is bugging me. I mean, it's just like water. It's not a big deal. And I don't even know when I'm going to have the next opportunity to do it. I mean, we're, we're, we play on Sundays. I can't even go to a church and, you know, I'm explaining it. This is my inner dialogue. I'm crazy, (laughs) y'all. We went back the next week. And I looked at Tim and I walked up and I knew I had to say this. This was, man, this was so difficult for me to do. And I walked up to him and I said, I want to be baptized. Those words coming out of my mouth were like, I want to be, yeah. I want to be water baptized. He said, let's do it now. We were at John Stinchcomb's house. I'll never forget this. And he had a pool. October. Okay, I'm just letting you know. I said, let's do it. We jump in that 50 degree water, me and him together. I think he was like, why do I want to do this again? (laughs) I got in that water. It was inconvenient at all levels. I wasn't really ready for it. Didn't really want to do it. I was going to get all wet. It was freezing cold. It was in front of my teammates. What would they think? Every part about it made no sense and was inconvenient. Yet I stepped down into that water, not because Tim told me to, or not because my wife told me to, or a church told me to, but the Holy Spirit was saying, it's not about you anymore, it's about me. It's about me. And so I step into that water where all the, where my big old Tim is, and he's there waiting for me, and I, all my teammates are standing there, their wives and all of a sudden I hear this wrestling behind me too and here comes my wife too getting ready to be baptized and she said you know when I was baptized as a child I did it because I was scared I would go to hell if I didn't she said let's do this together men Men, look at me. You're the lady of your home. Don't wait for your wife to say, come on, let's go, let's go do this together. You take her by the hand and say, I'm going in. Let's go together. And we had just gotten married. We were about eight months into our marriage. And I'm telling you, it marked our marriage. And I got to share my faith with my teammates And then he water baptized me. And I wish I could tell you coming out of that water, I saw a bright light and an angel and a dove ascended to me. 
and I began to cry, holy, holy, holy. No, I was saying, holy, 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 it's cold in here. I'm telling you it was cold. But I came up out of that water and I knew I had just taken the next step. It was the obedient step. It wasn't the convenient step. Michelle and I tell our kids all the time, we're talking about obedience. They say, you just, you want us to be obedient because you want to control us. I say, absolutely I do. Here's what I tell them. Because you can't control yourself, I'm going to have to control you. Here's what it is. And plus, I want to show you that if you're obedient to your earthly father, that when you get 24 years old and you're on an NFL team in front of your friends, you're not going to worry like I did about what they think. You're going to step in that water and be obedient to what God has called you to do. It has nothing to do with what I can do and everything to do with what he did for me. I just want to be obedient because he's calling us to be bold and courageous. And it's not easy in this world. But if you can be obedient to your earthly father, I'm telling my kids, I'm telling you, when he calls you to move to Africa, when he calls you in your workplace to pray with somebody, when it doesn't make sense, you're going to be obedient then and there. This is an obedient step. Because many of us, if I'm going to be honest, many of us want to know the will of God in order, not in order to do it. Many of us just want to know the will of God in order to consider it. We just want to consider it. God, I want to know your will. Are you sure? (laughs) Because it's going to be inconvenient. Your hair is going to get wet. You're going to have to get into your car wet. You're going to have to go change your clothes. Oh, you're going to have a towel, everything else. We've removed every excuse for you to get water baptized today. I I don't have my clothes. My clothes aren't here. We got clothes for you. Well, we don't, I I have a perfect towel. It's a fuzzy towel. I like to drive. Hey, we have plenty of fuzzy towels for you. Well, I just, I I need a photographer here. Trust me, everybody here has a phone. It's a pretty, we all photographers today. There's no excuse anymore. The only thing we have to wrestle with is am am I willing to be obedient right now? Not just to consider it, but to actually do it. Because here's the challenge. This is so big. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll show it by being obedient to what I tell you to do. If you love me, men, You can't say you love your wife and not tell her she's beautiful and wonderful and tell her you love her. Well, she knows I love her. I'm going to tell you right now, love that's not expressed is suspect love. Well, I don't need to get baptized. You're right. You don't. The thief on the cross didn't need to get baptized to go to heaven. But the question isn't, do I need to? The question is, why shouldn't I? But there's also a first step. And I don't want to overstep, just go to the second step. I want to do the first step. Many of you in here, when I talked about being born again or saved, you're going, that's foreign to me, Pastor Chris. I don't even know what really that is. Well, that's your first step. 
and look at me in just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to be born again, to be saved, to surrender your all. And then you can be baptized. For some of you in here, you've raised your hand. You've been born again. You've had your spiritual birthday. Look at me. You just need to take your next step. And what's so cool about the Holy Spirit is every single one of you are hearing this message right now, but God is speaking to each one of you so individually and so personally. You know exactly who you are and you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's so clear the Holy Spirit is speaking. Would you bow your heads with me? I'm gonna pray for you in just a moment. But this morning, I don't want anyone to move. We're gonna be done in the next three minutes. If you're here this morning, you need to take your first step. We want to offer that first step to you, to be born again. Well, what do I need to do, Pastor Chris? It's as simple as A, B, C. A, we just admit we're sinners in need of a Savior. B, believe that what Jesus did on the cross was enough to cover our past, present, and future sins. And C, we confess him as Savior. He saves us from our sins, but also, Lord, he's going to control every aspect of our life. Because John 3, 3 says... You cannot enter in or even see the kingdom of heaven unless you are born again. My spiritual birth date was August of 2001. My physical birthday is September 19th. And just like you are born physically once, you are born spiritually one time. You make that commitment, that declaration, and you don't ever have to do it again. And in just a second, we're going to pray a born-again prayer together. And that prayer, it's not a magical prayer. It's just a prayer of faith because it's your faith that saves you and allows you to be born again. And so if that's you in here this morning, said, Pastor Chris, I, just, I need to take my first step before I take my second step. Or I don't want to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come down front. I would never want to do that. But on the count of three, I'm going to ask you if you said, Pastor Chris, include me in that born-again prayer. With all heads bowed, all eyes closed, you're going to lift your hand. One, God has you here for a reason. This is where your spiritual journey starts. It's not starting when you're christened or when you're baptized or when you pray. It starts when you are born again. And it can start here today. Two, it's not a mistake that you're in this room. God ordained it since the beginning of time and he knew you'd be here hearing this message. Three, if that's you, say, Pastor Chris, include me in that born again prayer. Lift your hand now, if that's you. Anyone, one, I see you, two. Where are you, three? Lift it high, wave it at me. Good, four, five, six, awesome, seven, eight, nine, ten. You can put your hands down. Eleven, I see you. If you raised your hand once, you don't ever have to raise it again. But if that's you and you want to join those 11, I want you to raise your hand now. Anyone else? I see you. 12. Thank you. Awesome. Church, with those hands that were raised this morning, we're going to repeat this prayer together as a family. Everyone here, repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, my guilt, and you died for it. I believe you faced hell for me, so I would not have to go and rose on the third day to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, 
in a relationship with your father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to be born again. Say this with me. God is my father. Jesus is my savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. And heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name. All heads bowed, all eyes closed, just for another moment. I don't want you to wrestle around because I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do something this morning to move in you. And if you would, I want everyone just to stand up right now. Go ahead and just stand up. Stand with me. But I'm going to pray another prayer in just a moment. And while I'm praying this prayer, don't move, don't get your keys yet. I'm going to pray a prayer. And here's what it literally is about. It's praying that a spirit of courage and boldness will come upon you. Not so you can lift a car, guys. I'm sorry, okay? Not so you can be the Savior. Listen to me. So that you can push down yourself and push Jesus up. And for many of you in here this morning, your next step is literally going to be to walk outside and to get water baptized. It's literally going to be your next step. And as I'm praying, look at me, look at me, all eyes on me right now. As I'm praying, you have the freedom to walk out to the back, straight to our next steps area and say, I want to get water baptized. I don't, you, can, you can scoot past your person. Don't worry about them going, oh, he's praying. You can't walk out. I'm giving you permission to walk out if you want to get water baptized when I'm praying because you're going to feel the spirit of the Lord come upon you. And I don't want you to explain it away. Cause if you think you stink, I'm just going to let you know, coach used to tell me that if you think you stink, feel the presence of the Lord, he wants to tear down strongholds in your life. Go grab your kids, bring them over there. Let them see, listen to me, let them see that you're not afraid to go public. Because for so long, maybe generations, there's been walls in your family that need to come down and they can end with you today. I still remember my mom and my great-grandfather getting baptized in a small Baptist church. It marked my life. And your kids need to see you take that next step and go, we've never done this. We're going to do it today. We're going to do it today. And there's going to be a spirit of boldness that's going to come upon you. So, Father, we thank you this morning. You don't send a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind, God. Thank you, God, that you're moving. You're not moving us to do things. You're moving us to become things, God. And we pray this morning, God, as we... As those who want to get baptized walk out this morning, they're walking out in boldness. They're not going to care who's next to them or what they're going to think. They're going to gather their things and they're going to walk out. Even the sound of my voice is prompting of the Holy Spirit for them to walk out now. Walk out now. They hear it. Walk out now. I pray they respond to it, God. It's not about us being good. It's about us just being obedient. tear down the pride in our life, God, and deal with us in a mighty way, the way that you want to deal with us, God. 
because you know what's best. Father, this morning we know there will be many that will even get to their car. And I pray that even as they put their hand on the door handle of their car, the the conviction of the Holy Spirit will fall and say, go back. Because you love them so much to let them leave them something left that they should have done. God, thank you for the opportunity that we have to be bold and courageous. I pray this doesn't just happen on Sundays, but there's an equipping and empowering that happens Monday through Saturday in our homes, in our jobs, God, in our personal lives. Tear down every wall of fear that the enemy has built up that we have thought has kept us safe, but actually kept us in from experiencing your love, God. For we know you're a good father that wants what's best for us. So Father, here and now, let your spirit reside in our hearts. And as we go this week, God, I pray that you would go before us, guard us, guide us, and keep us. It's in the name of the Father, his son, Jesus, and the all-abiding Holy Spirit.